Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. Welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. As uh, if you weren't aware, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club officially folded last night. We didn't sign any players on transfer deadline day. The end is nigh. Conte is going to quit. Season over, basically. Um, Yeah, no, we didn't get anyone else across the line. We had those late links to Dan James. Nothing came of it. Not really that arsed. And that's kind of where I was on it. If we'd have gotten it over the line, cool. We didn't. He's actually signed for Fulham, who we're playing tomorrow at the time of recording. So there's a nice bit of narrative there. I think they also signed Carlos Vinicius and Willian as well. So, yeah, if that isn't a uh, if that isn't a nod from the lords, the lords and gods of narrative, I don't know what is. But that's not what we're here to talk about today, anyway. Um, we're here to talk about. Tottenham's transfer summer spending, we're here to talk about the opening to this season, the opening few games, how we're all feeling, and if our feelings have changed after that transfer uh, deadline day and lack of activity from Tottenham. Um, So I've, I've enlisted the help of a few familiar voices, lots of different people who we've heard down the years on Rollery's podcast, and just got them to send me in a few thoughts. Um, like I say, on exactly those things, what they felt about Tottenham's transfer dealings this summer, how they felt about the start of the season, and has that transfer window, transfer deadline day, whatever you like, changed their kind of view of what's going on at Spurs at the moment. Um, so without uh, without any further hesitation, I'll put you through to Spooky. First and foremost, let's, let's get him on the goat, the daddy. All those other kind of funny, weird terms that we can chuck his way. Take it away, Spooky. Right, okay, so the summer transfer dealings. Yes, I am relatively happy. I'm more than relatively happy. In fact, if you were going to push me into one of those juvenile, give us a score out of 10 type of things, i would probably give you an eight, an eight and a half. Uh, people are going to say we didn't really strengthen the first team. Well, I mean, we strengthened the squad. So, like, if you're talking about protecting the momentum that's generated by the first team, uh, you know, without losing any of it when you're rotating, I think we've done pretty well. I mean, people will dispute that and, and, and argue their point. But I think a lot of people are getting caught up with price tags. A lot of people are getting caught up with comparisons. A lot of people are just forgetting that we signed Benton Cole and Kulisevsky last January. And, you know, they came in at January and had a massive influence. And now they've got a pre-season under Conte along with everyone else uh, that, that's been signed. And, and, and only Perisic, really, 
has been has been start has been starting games and, and uh, Richarlison and Basuma obviously uh, not so much even though Richarlison's had an influence. The point being, it's taken a bit of time to bed these players in. But when you look at the squad, yeah, it's it's bolstered. There's more depth. There, there are more options. Perhaps we're lacking an extra dimension. Perhaps we should have bought an attacking midfielder. But I'm kind of in this position with Spurs where I think we've got so much of it right off the pitch. None of it's been performative. We are not scuttergun approaching transfers anymore. We have we profiled the players we wanted. We brought them in really early because that's what Conte needed. He needed a pre-season with his pretty much 95% of the squad or whatever. You know, um, and he, he's done. He's done that. We've done that. We've supported him in that. Uh, now you can sit here and start to say we didn't spend 150 million, mate. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. The fact is, <laughs> we bought some players for a little bit less money. That's no problem in doing that. You don't have to spend X amount to prove to the world that you're you're ambitious. And you know, and if you look at Richarlison, we actually went out and spent extra dough on someone that we actually needed. Whereas in the past, we've never really done that. We've never really pulled the trigger on a on a backup, a rotatable striker. We've never done that before. So Spurs have changed that mentality from the backroom staff, the scouting, the profiling, uh, making sure that they're getting players in that kind of that are fit for purpose. And obviously, it's over to, to, to Antonio now to, to bed them in and, and work out how to ro- rotate with the whole congestion uh, that's going to um, start ruining several fixtures, no doubt, when we're having to play a, a game every every three days, which is going to turn us into dizzy motherfuckers just in terms of the fan base. I don't I don't think we're built for this, but uh, there you go. That's a different discussion. But so yes, I'm 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 chuffed with the the the, the, the dealings. I'm 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 happy with the players that we brought in. We could have we could have brought in another one or two possibly, but maybe we're holding back for number one targets like players that we know we will probably be able to sign next summer that might piss people off why aren't you doing it now you know it's the end of days next season's never gonna happen mate it could be the end of the world and it might well be the end of the world but what are you gonna do you can't buy a completely new 11 in in one summer you can't change things off the back of what you perceive to be these these kind of deadlines that don't actually exist they just exist in your head like you just have to go with what we're trying to do here and you know winning the league is probably beyond us and most other football clubs to be fair but you have to have that attitude and Conte does he's not looking at finishing second or third he's going to aim for top spot and you're going to you're going to finish in a position that is relative to the performances that you are giving. And and I think we've done pretty well to bolster our chances to remain competitive, to remain hard to beat. I think the opening five games of the season have been have been all right. We are hard to beat. We have a foundation that, that has us in a position where we do not like to lose. And if you're not going to win the game, don't lose the game. is a pretty good ethos to have as a foundation before we start playing counter-attacking football that slaps and I'm sure that's coming too transfer deadline day is a load of bollocks by the way it's just this illusion it's unnecessary people get really fixated on it it doesn't matter it doesn't matter so just back the team now this is when the season starts and we've just got to do what we've got to do and that is 
smash teams left, right and centre, come on you Spurs, etc, whatever. What else do you want me to say, Jack, for fuck's sake? Cheers to that, Spooky. Ooh, I'm Spooky. I'm going to go on Twitter and tell everybody why they're wrong about things. Yeah, can't answer that, can you, mate? At me. At me, fool. Um, no, much love to Spooky. One of the absolute goats. If not, well, no, actually the goat. The reason why I'm involved in all this Tottenham podcast. you got him to blame, basically. Um, growing up, reading Dear Mr. Levy. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. So if you if you do like what Spooky does, I don't need to tell you who he is. You all know who Spooky is. But at Spooky23 on Twitter, he's got a Patreon, which is always updating with articles, with podcasts, with videos. Get involved. He's, uh, he's a good lad. Um, speaking of good lads, throwing over to one of our other old voices. You know him, Tom Foynes, Tom Hayward. Of well, formerly of the Tottenham Way podcast, he's a bit concerned about being like sounding really negative in this. You'll hear it; he outlines all this himself. But he's got a bit of a cold, I think. He's got a, a, a new infant child at home. Congratulations, Tom! Thanks for giving us your time to do this. I know you are are not getting much sleep or just much time at all whatsoever anymore. Um, so much love. I'm sure, everybody will be happy to hear your voice. So let's go to you now, and I'll stop talking. Yeah, so probably caveat that any opinion I have is is likely to be even more miserable than normal because I've got a cold, which uh, is just the worst news possible. And I've had about five or six hours sleep over the last two days. So uh, please caveat all all miserable Spurs opinions uh, with that fact. Um, I think we've been talking about it, haven't we? Like the I'm. On paper, if you show if before if by the end of the last season you'd have put a list of names in front of me of saying these are the players that we're going to sign or be included in our summer business and it had Richarlison and Bissouma and Perisic especially like on that list you'd be you'd be really really happy with that and I am really really happy with that that's those are really significant signings that are really sensible for Spurs you know they they are. Uh, Premier League proven which I think has been missing from our business for a few years um, uh, they're really sensible they, they didn't cost the earth Richarlison was expensive but you know he's 25 Brazil international starting Brazil forward um, scored loads of goals in a really bad Everton team so it's 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 really good business in, in my opinion but I think the way that I'm looking at this is in kind of purely in numbers and just the, the sort of landscape of how this season looks and the, the schedule and the World Cup in you know, over Christmas uh, and the fact that we're in four competitions again, you know, the, the, our form under Conte really only picked up when he had a, a full week to work with the squad. We were very patchy before that that time in around sort of February. And then from March onwards, we had one game a week, um, no other commitments, no other competitions. And we just flew and, we, and our form took us through to... to to finish above Arsenal and, and get to four, four, but this season is going to be really different. And if you look at the end of last season, Conte had like nine players that he trusted fully. You know, Lloris, Dyer, Romero, Hoiberg, Skip, although he was injured, um, Bentoncourt, Kulusevski, Kane, and Son, which is nine players. And then you had kind of on the fence of Lucas Moura, Sessegnon, Davis, maybe um, as well. 
um, which takes you to 12. And then if you look at the, the players we've brought in of the, the summer business we've done, Richarlison, Bissouma and Perisic takes you up to 15, call it 16 with, with Fraser Forster as well as the sub-keeper. But, you know, 16 players for four competitions, one of those being the Champions League, is is where I I have some concerns. And it's a truncated season already. It started early. Um, there's going to be this big winter break uh, with with a World Cup in between, um, and the other players we've brought in, you know, Spence, Saar, uh, and Longley. You really, you, it's a bit potluck with those guys. And and if you look at the Brian Hill being left behind, if you like, from the summer business of the the outgoings that were expected. I don't really think Conte rates him all that much. And so with those players, it's all pretty much a completely unknown contribution. And then what you've got left there is the likes of Sanchez and and Emerson, who really you feel as if Conte is just putting up with until something better comes along. And and maybe that will be one of the the young players. Maybe that will be Jed Spence. Um, But with Romero injured and, you know, in his third injury spell since he joined us a, a year ago, you do think that Sanchez is probably going to be brought in uh, a lot more than we maybe wanted to necessarily. So, you know, it, it's slightly concerning that we're going to be attacking a new season and a really busy season with a quite a small squad. Um, in, in terms of how we've started, it's difficult. It, it's hard. I don't know why going five unbeaten, including away at two of our horrible London rivals in West Ham and Chelsea to go unbeaten in that is no mean feat but yet it still feels really flat and it's purely performance based like we we didn't perform well against uh, Southampton for half the game we really didn't perform against Wolves and we didn't really perform against Forest and we limited all of those teams to not very much against us but we didn't really take a lot didn't feel like we took a lot of advantage going the other way um certainly against Forest until the end so it just feels a bit one-dimensional and I think we've really got to start worrying about the form of someone like Son, um, Kane again the stats show that he's got four goals uh, in the start of the season which is probably better than he's had for the last two or three seasons to be honest but he he doesn't feel as if he's on form and the tactics just seems to be to bypass the midfield completely, hit Kane early and then just kind of hope that Kulazewski or or Son can can do something, and as I say Son is just completely off the boil. Um, so it's slightly worrying, and, it, and you really think that the only real change that we've got to make up top that, again, Conte would fully trust is Richarlison. He he wouldn't, he's not really throwing Mora, Lucas Mora into things um, apart from when he's a sub right wing back. And uh, as I say, Brian Hill doesn't seem to be setting the world alight, and I don't think Conte is a massive fan. So we've only got one real change that we can make, and. I think in an ideal world that that, that Richarlison switch in our front three would be around rotation and resting people rather than dropping players because of their poor form. So it is slightly worrying. And it's just a reminder that we've come a long way since this time last year. This time last year, we, you know, we'd gone three unbeaten under Nuno, but again, the football wasn't great. And then it, the, the season just collapsed after that. And so we we are significantly further along in our development than that point and Conte has done some some really good business uh, and some good work with the, the squad as it is but if you were asking him to be completely honest gun to head I think he'd probably he'd probably say he's only about 70-80% happy with how the window's gone and really that's that's probably where I am with it as well 
who knows we'll probably go and smash fulham and you know get our our annual uh fraggy win away at city and then everything looks a lot better but i don't know I, i'm slightly concerned that we've we've got a very tough next couple of months coming up before the world cup and then after christmas hey, we'll just have to see where we are so yeah Philippe Berry. Cheers, Tom. Good to hear your voice, mate. Uh, yeah, there you have it. Tom Foynes, Tom Fowens. He he signed off that his little piece there by saying Philip Oberio. Um, and I know that's because he has been <laughs> tormenting tormenting his wife um with the Filippo Berrio olive oil television advert. I don't know if any of you have seen it, um, but you can actually find a 10-hour loop of the tune on on YouTube. Can't remember what the classic is from a it's from an opera, but they've they've reappropriated it um, or appropriated it to uh, to sell their olive oil, um, which is. Filippo Bellio, 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 olive oil. Um, which is a bit of a tongue twister, but I've, I've managed to to master that because Tom has infected my brain with that. Um, so I'm just passing it along, basically. I don't know why I'm talking about this now. This is a Tottenham Hotspur podcast, isn't it? This is a Tottenham Hotspur transfer deadline day, apocalyptic, it's all over, ah, podcast. Um, who should we go to next? We've had lots of, we had lots of good, good... I'll tell you what, let's go to Phil. My good old mucker Phil. Let's see what Phil's got to say about all this, shall we? Take it away, bruv. don't really understand the consternation about our transfer dealings to be honest I mean yes you know day before the window closed we had a dodgy result um, against West Ham but if you look at it we did some really really good business early on um, which negated the need to do any panic buys yeah, you know, our midfield got itself into a bit of a predicament on, on the Wednesday game against West Ham. Um, I think that was just a few things going wrong at the same time. Benton could not being available, even though he was fit, but obviously he had the uh, concussion protocols. Skip coming back, but having not played any minutes. And then Basuma having a bit of a strange, if not, let's be honest, terrible game we wouldn't necessarily be that worried about certainly the kind of the midfield area was the only transfer that we were discussing or that was being discussed and another winger coming in i don't i don't think that's a priority area yeah you know if brian kill's not going to play any minutes we could have probably upgraded there to someone that might have an impact but we're talking about minimal um playing time you know players like dan james mentioned who would probably be an upgrade because of he's got Premier League experience, but let's be honest, he's not a game changer for us. And so as much as we didn't do any business and, you know, people get kind of caught up in the deadline day nonsense, we're fine. If you look at other clubs, yeah, other clubs have made signings, but I think that our squad is the most balanced and we've got cover in all areas. Yeah, you know, again, a 
talking about central defence, Davison Sanchez, he has proved himself to be a decent backup. I mean, again, he does get he does get um targeted. He won't be playing most of the games. Romero will be back. Um everywhere else we seem to be quite fine. Um you know, we we've we all we've made what, seven signings, six of whom uh are in the squad. Udoji's got gone back on loan. Can't really see any holes in our squad, to be honest. We've got covering wing positions, we've got covering central midfield. Yeah, you know, we talk about oh it'd be good to have a more attacking midfield option, but it's not really how um Conte plays, so I can understand why that, that area wasn't given much focus in terms of getting someone in. Plus, would we have been able to get a quality player in who knows that his position isn't part of the manager's preferred system. You know, we've got to take these things into consideration. So it's understandable why we've kind of stuck to our guns and what we've what we've already got. Um, if we won against West Ham, let's say Basuma had a good game. I don't think anyone would have expected him to have such a bad game as he did. We wouldn't be talking about needing players in that area. We would be talking about, well, who starts over him or Benton Kerr against Fulham. So, you know, it's about perspective. So in short, I'm I'm extremely happy. Certainly that we did our transfer deadline uh, transfer dealings early and didn't wait until the last minute. That's what us fans have been crying out for and we got that. I don't think that we can now sort of start trying to pick holes just because we didn't sign Dan James or God forbid Adama Traore, who, you know, might have given us an extra bit of spark, but we we then would have been stuck with him, you know. He's these just just because people wanted a signing doesn't mean that we should go out and sign people just to scratch that itch. So yeah, I'm 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 very happy, and I think that we're still in for a good season. One one slight hiccup against West Ham, which you know remind people we didn't actually lose that game. In fact, I thought we were actually played our best football, um, or certainly our most sort of on the front foot football um, until uh, Hoiberg got injured and then we weren't the same and then we struggled to adapt to that you know that that's a different that's that that's not solved by transfers that's solved by tactical um, changes in the game but yeah I'm 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 definitely on the happy side of things cheers Phil mate Phil isn't on Twitter anymore he was uh he was good value on Twitter, but he can't be asked for it anymore. So whatever, you know, what a norm living in the real world, talking to people properly. Pah, not for me. Um, you know what? I'm <laughs> as I'm editing this, I'm already so fucking tired of those little intermission bits in between. But I've done quite a few of them now that I can't be asked to really go back and find something else and redo it so you're stuck with it um so just if you if you are getting tired of that just know that you're you're not alone in that um it was one of those things you know i started this i thought that would be good and uh yeah maybe it's just because i'm listening to it in so often in close succession maybe it'll be right paced over the course of an entire podcast i don't know um that video also just to uh if anybody is listening, it's from someone called Roland Skemmer. 
entitled Come On You Spurs! Exclamation mark on YouTube. And it was taken uh, as Tottenham Hotspur played the New York Red Bulls on the 31st. You put the days before the months. Yeah, Americans. All right. All right. It's called English. Yeah. Put the 31st before the seven. But then the 12 of the year stays in the same place. So 10-year-old video now. Let's let's uh let's hear what somebody else has got to say. Let's let's cut across to let's cut across to me other old mucker. Connor Mummery. The Daily Mirror's Connor Mummery. Um makes him sound more official and everything. He is official. He's an important he's a busy and important guy. Alright? And I'm leveraging <laughs> I'm riding his coattails, as I am all these people, to make myself look better. All right, that's just how it goes. That's just the way it goes. All right, Connor, go on. Let's see your takes, mate. Well, I think we've got to be happy with the window. Um, we've spent 155 million, if you count Romero, which I think that's a bit sly. So I'm not going to do that. 110 mil. Um, you know, we've addressed, you know, the need for backup for Kane and Son in Richarlison, who I already absolutely love, only takes three kick ups to uh to win my heart. Um Perisic, I mean, he's already looked brilliant. I know it's you know the thing is if he's gonna stay fit all season being forty five or whatever he is, but from what we've seen, I think he looks brilliant. I think he's got that, that killer instinct, I think, that Sessignon hasn't. I'm a big fan of Sessignon, I think he was really good towards the end of last season, but there's already been a couple of examples this season. I think I think Chelsea away, did he miss a one-on-one -on -one with the keeper? And there was another one, I think, Wolves at home, when we were on the counter and it was just uh, him and Kane and the defender and he passed the ball straight to a defender. Um, so I think I do think we need what Perisic brings to, to that wing. Um, in terms of Basuma, I thought that was a really good signing at the time, and I still do. I know he wasn't great against West Ham and he hasn't really... Um, well, obviously hasn't bedded in yet because Conte has seemed very reluctant to, to play a lot of the new signings, um, especially from the off-in games. Um, but I do think he'll be a really good signing, to be honest. I think he'll play a lot as well because, I mean, you never know with Skip. I, I absolutely love him and I think he was brilliant last season, but you never know how long he's going to he's gonna stay fit. Um, so I think Basum is a big tick as well. Um, in terms of Langley, I think, I think he could be a really good signing just because I think... When we bring Sanchez in for Romero, we lose a lot of creativity by taking out one centre-half, which probably doesn't go well, but we do. And I think when we do do that, and Romero probably will get injured again, because we've seen, we've seen that the last last year or 18 months, um, I think we might need to bring Lenglet in where Davies is. And again, I really like Davies and he's been brilliant under Conte, but just in terms of bringing it out from the back and resisting pressure... Um, I think we do need Lenglet in there. And from the, what, four minutes I've seen him in a Tottenham shirt, I've decided that he's our, our second best passer at, at centre-half. Um, so again, I do think I do think that will um, turn out to be quite quite a shrewd signing. I know, you know, people were wanting to spend £80 million on Bastoni or, or whoever else that's on that left centre-back role. But if we can't do that yet, I think we might do that next season. But if we can't do that yet, I think Lenglet might be a decent stopgap. Um I just I hope we see a bit more of him, to be honest, especially, as I say, when when uh, when Romero's out and we need a bit of calmness, um, a bit of, uh, of level-headedness at centre-back. Um, 
especially as I say, in terms of you know resisting resisting the the press because you know Davids and Sanchez reacts to a Premier League forward pressing him a bit like I probably would, which isn't something you really want to say about your own players. Um, but yeah, so Lengley, I think I'd, I'd really like to see more of. Um, Jed Spence is a weird one because I think the the number one thing that the summer that I'd, I'd like to see us address was right wing back, um, which we have. We brought Jed Spence in, but um, he's played about two minutes so far again. So one of them is going to take some time, but I do think we'll see plenty of him because that we can't play the, the Emerson Sanchez actors of evil again. I can't watch that again. I really can't. I do hope we'll see a lot of Jed Spence because I think he's much more what you'd expect from a Conte wing back than, than Emerson Royale. So I think, you know, Conte said he's, he's playing the old players, as he put it, um, early on until, until the new heads are, are bedded in and, and brainwashed. Um, but yeah, I think Jed Spence is really, really exciting. I think we'll see more of him. Um, in terms of outgoings, I think it's it's pretty much what we expected. I mean, I personally probably would have rather have kept Bergwijn than Lucas, um, just because I think he's he's more of an attacking threat, he's more unpredictable, especially bringing him off the bench as we saw at Leicester last season. Um, but you know, we're not going to turn down thirty million for for someone who, who barely plays, are we? And he was obviously desperate to play, whereas Lucas seems pretty happy, you know, being a bit of a cheerleader and being a bit of a, a legend for for Amsterdam. And, you know what, fair play. I wouldn't care if he never played for us again after Amsterdam. I still love him. Um, the only thing, nobody else really seems to care, but I really like Joe Roden. And uh, I would quite happily have kept him to, to deputise for that, that middle of the, the three role that Dyer plays because I don't really know who we're going to bring in and who's going to do that well when, when Dyer isn't playing and we're going to have, you know, 100 games this season. And Dyer can't play all of them. So I think he might have been quite wise to keep on. But if you know again, if that's someone who was pushing out because they really wanted to start every game, then fair enough. But I would quite happily have kept Joe Roden. Um, I really like him to be honest. Um, I know that's not you know widely held view among Tottenham fans, um, but it's mine and it's and it's right. Um, you know, I'm just quite happy to see Lacelso and Dombalego. I think everyone else is as well. I know we could only get them out on loan. Um, and I can't see Napoli <laughs> for one reason or another buying uh, Ndombele for the 30 million option. But we'll see. You know, The only thing I've seen of him so far is uh, giving away a penalty um, and scoring against a team that I can't spell. But, you know, I, you know, I hope it does. I hope it does work out for him. And I hope, uh, I hope they do take the option up. But I have a feeling we'll be seeing him again next summer. Um, and, and Harry Winks, I mean, you know, I absolutely loved him when when it was all going well under Pochettino. You know, it's a bit similar in uh, a bit similar in to uh, Deli Ali in the way that when when Tottenham seemed to to fall off and when it all seemed to go wrong, the you know the trajectory of those two players' careers seemed to do the same. I think you know, I think they're certainly confidence players. I think they're players that if you put in a good team that's thriving, uh, performing, and more often than not. Uh, batting teams as we were under Pochettino for those couple of years I think he'd be absolutely sound but yeah it, it, he seems to have been quite easily overtaken by Oliver Skip so you know it's sad to see him go but I think it was it was certainly the right time you know um, and Sampdoria is a pretty fucking cool move isn't it to be fair um, so yeah I think overall I'm pretty happy with a, with a window um, in terms of the start of the season you can't really argue with the points tally from, from the games we've played it has been a bit turgid at times, but 
the results have been there, so we can't really complain. I'm hoping we're just sort of getting going. And uh, once people have bedded in, um, it will be a bit easier on the eye. But you really can't complain with our points total so far. Um, I might uh, be sounding different if I'd watched the West Ham game. Um, I fortunately didn't watch a minute of that. Uh, and I haven't even seen any of the goals or looked to find either of them um, because I'm not interested because it sounds uh, really depressing. So, um, yeah. But I think overall, I'm happy with the start of the season. What are we third? 11 points from 15. You can't really complain. Um, you know, especially when you compare where we were at this point last season after the initial, uh, you know, three wins and Nuno's manager of the month. I think after five or six games, it started getting pretty, uh, pretty horrible. So, I think we're in a much better position last season than last season. Sorry, and uh, you know, I, I mean, Fulham at the weekend. You can probably take everything back off said if uh, if we don't beat them, and um, you know, if we do lose that, Levy out. Where's the fucking hundred and fifty mil? Look, Connor. Right? Of course, you got a fucking Count Romero. Just because I bought something on Klarna, right, doesn't mean I'm still not paying it off. Now, all the time. That fucking bicycle I bought a couple of months ago, thinking, ah, that's all right, you know. 50 quid a month across 12 months. That's, that's all right. It's not too bad. I still miss that fucking 50 quid every month, mate. Right? 50 mil coming out just because we got fucking Romero on loan before. I'm, you're lucky I'm not calling him Royale. Wait, hang on. Yeah, Romero. <laughs> Just because we got him on loan, right, a year ago, doesn't mean we didn't pay for him in this window. Okay? I stand by that one. Um, you know, money money doesn't just come from nowhere, does it? We've got a, what is it the Tories always used to say? A magical money tree. Do we, mate? All right? Cheers, Con. Thanks a lot, mate. See you in a uh, European town square soon with a stein. Ooh, I drink. Um, Rich Grove the Dalai Farmer we know him we love him the man of many beautiful brilliant words he's actually Rich is he's just an incredible he's an incredible man he is an incredible man he is he's the man that when the end times come just find where Rich is and he'll look after you. He will like, he'll just know how to do stuff. He's he's a massive Spurs fan, obviously. I'm sure anybody that's listened to Royal the Roost will know Rich. You'll know his story. He's a historian. He's an archaeologist. He is just an absolute genius of a man. I just, I think I love him. I think I love you, Rich, you know? Let's just hear what you got to say about Tottenham this time, though. A busy old summer at Tottenham, then. Um, I think we've had a really positive window. Um, been sort of uncharacteristically organised, you know, a nice bit of structure from the club. Um, you know, uh, we seem to have far more organisation throughout now. Um, this getting business done early is a revelation uh, and surely that's Conte absolutely insisting on having a pre-season with his players. 
Um, I'm really pleased with everybody that we've brought in. Some of the players, uh, obviously, sort of short-term fixes or stop gaps for longer-term solutions. Players like Fraser Forster and Perisic, largely because of their age, even though they're still, you know, very capable players and probably have a reasonable time left in their legs. Um, I'm assuming that we're working on younger longer term plans and that they're just solving a problem for now. Um, Perisic in particular, I think is going to be vital for us in the Champions League um, with his experience and, and the calm head on him, um, the way that he can just manage uh, the players that are around him as well. His influence on players like Sessignon, we can already see, you know, it was evidence at Chelsea where he was handing instructions out from the dugout as if he was already part of the coaching staff. I mean, this is massive. This is this is huge for us. I think Basuma in particular is a great addition, but of course this week it's shown us that he'll be targeted for easy cards, very much like we do when we play Palace and they have Sahar on the pitch. Uh, they have to work on his mentality as well as his game. Uh, be interesting to see what happens with Sarah and Hill now, uh, and I'm left wondering exactly who the replacement was that fell through on deadline day. Um, I mean, that said, I didn't expect any deadline day incomings really, so it was a bit of a surprise to hear all that. Um, it's been a good window all over. I mean, they can always be better, but the most important thing is Conte seems happy, and and that's that's it. That's central. Um, I mean, it's also worth noting that we've seen the back of a few that might have been malignant presences on the edge of the squad. You know, I don't need to name names, but players that thought they should get games that weren't getting games. As far as the season goes, started a little bit like many of our individual matches, you know, a bit slow, but overall not disastrous. Um, shows how far our expectations have improved. We see two away draws in London derbies as a bad thing, although granted West Ham are muck and we should have ruined their little silly bubble bath nonsense the other night. Uh, I think it bears, bears remembering three or four days until the the international break. I'll start that bit again. I think it bears remembering that until the international break, every three or four days we play now, and so this will be a test of our ability to hold teams off and then sort of rest within the play. Uh, I think that's going to dictate how we play. Uh, and the season's going to be a slog for a lot of these players. I expect a lot of weariness and some less than thrilling performances. But, you know, we have to take that. This is a, a not a normal season. Uh, I think last season's squad would have crumpled under this pressure. I think it would have been a disaster. But I'm optimistic now that we have enough options uh, and I think we can get through it uh, bearing in mind as well that everybody else is experiencing the same thing there are opportunities there as well as threats uh, generally I'm optimistic um, we've got an empty cabinet somewhere up there in the cheese room that should have at least one trinket in it come June Lord only knows which one though it's not a normal season it's not going to be a normal side um, let's just hope that Harry Kane doesn't have to carry the England side all the way through the World Cup on his own because Lord only knows what he'll be like when he gets back if he does. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Shut up. Sorry, I've already moaned about that. Um, (laughs) Cheers, Rich. Much love. Genuinely do follow Rich and uh, interact with him and talk to him about. If you've got basically, if you have any random questions about things you've wondered about in history, just go to Rich. It's what I do. I'm sure it doesn't annoy him at all, at all. Um, but yeah, follow it. Let me. I just want to make sure I've got his at correct. Pretty sure it's at. Dalai Farmer did a pod a couple of years ago with um, with Rich, probably even f- further now, um, talking to him about the history of Tottenham, the area, everything like that. It was a summer special, absolutely fascinating. Please do go back, revisit it, um, see if you can find it in there somewhere. I think it's like a RTR extra or something like that. From yeah, I would guess maybe even longer, maybe about four years ago now. Um, really fucking interesting that whole series actually spoke to some fantastic people lovely lovely sort of little summer series did um, talking about people around the Tottenham community um, well, the Tottenham Hotspur fandom I should say not the Tottenham community per se just about various different things on the way in which they realised their support and everything like that it's really good even if I do say so myself at Grove underscore Digger that's Rich's uh, at. Just, yeah, talk to him about Tottenham. Talk to him about history. Talk to him about archaeology. Fascinating guy. Much love to you, Rich. I hope the uh, I hope the riverboat is... He's got this... At the moment, he's got this ongoing feud with a riverboat that he's bought and is maintaining. Uh, and it keeps keeps basically breaking down. Um, but, you know, he's, he's giving it a go. So, get involved speak to rich about his boat we just had cosmo on the other day and uh i love his pod i love it the n17 podcast got cosmo on again today I've, well i've got him to send us in a in one of these so we'll go to him but yeah check them out really good really good group of lang- uh, young lads and everything like that um chatting about spurs i've sort of butchered this little intro really haven't i fucking go on cosmo We were chatting about this a little bit on the pod, and I think the general consensus was that this window's been about 6 out of 10, which might sound a little bit negative right now, but I think whether that number goes up or down, it depends on a couple of things. 
Um, let's start with the positives. I think Perisic, in his position as a left wing back in the Conte system, I don't really think we could have signed anyone much better than him. Um, he's looked world class early on. He's really showed signs of of kicking on even. So there can be absolutely no arguments with his signing. Richarlison as well, well on his way to being a sort of, I would say cult legend, but potentially more than a cult legend because he's not only working his way into our hearts, but he also looks like a, a quality player. Basuma as well, I have no doubts that he's going to kick on. Obviously, he had a bit of a tricky start against West Ham. Um, but I do think even within that tricky start, he showed signs of promise. Uh, there was a couple times where the ball was given to him and he just looked to switch it out to the wing back first time. And I think that's something that we really have missed. Um, as his confidence dropped a, a little bit, he'd stopped doing that. Um, but he's going to come good. Trust me, I think he's going to come good. But yeah, where the window could go up or even down, I think it really hinges on what we do with Jed Spence. I think we're really seeing the limitations of Emerson Royale, partic- particularly with Perisic coming in and showing what a really world-class wing-back looks like. I think if we are going to persist with this system um, of two centre midfielders, then we need the creativity to come from the wing-backs. And if it's going to be Emerson Royale for the rest of the season, I think we're going to struggle. So we need Spence to, to come in probably. And if he doesn't, I think we've essentially kind of left that position a bit unaddressed. Um, that's a position that we know we've needed to address since pretty much since when Conte came in and the whole of the January transfer window um, last season was dominated by looking for a right, right wing back. So if we've kind of only signed someone for a few, for the future there and not really upgraded on it, I think that's going to be a problem. Um, the other issue, I think, well, issue's a bit strong, but... I think the we saw that left centre-back was a priority um, for Tottenham at the start of the window and we were linked with some really quality players in Bastoni and Gavardio. Um, in the end, we've decided to stick with Davis and we've brought in Longley as a backup. Um, we haven't seen Longley yet, so again, it's kind of hard to judge how good that's going to be, but I think we have kind of started to see the limitations of of Davis a little bit. He hasn't started that well, Um and the fact that the only change to him is potentially someone who's of the same quality or even an implicit downgrade as a, as a backup in long lay, that could be something that potentially costs us a little bit. So that remains to be seen. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of that's kind of coloured how the window looks at the moment. Um, potentially a little bit negative coming off the back of the the West Ham draw, but. I th- almost think it's too early to tell, a bit like the the start to our season in general. Um, I was listening to the Guardian pod the other day and they were saying, if anyone knows how Spurs are going to go from here, then they're probably lying because we haven't seen any real indication that we're going to go on to become a really great team. We haven't seen any real indication if we're going to become a really bad team. So something needs to change. Hopefully we'll start to see that change against Fulham. Um, I really hope Conte shakes up a little bit and makes four changes potentially. But yeah, we'll see. Come on, you Spurs. Cheers, Cosmo, mate. Um, I uh, I sort of half mugged him off the other day when I had him on the pod because, you know, they are younger and I sort of tried to make this sort of jibe wasn't even no, it wasn't even a jibe. I wasn't even intentionally trying to mug him off. I was sort of laughing at myself. Um, 
being like, you know, you young people, you're all doing TikTok dances and all that sort of stuff, aren't you? Um, and he sort of, I, when I listened back to the pod, he brought it up again a bit later on. So I hope, uh, hope you didn't take it the wrong way, Cosmo. I was, I was laughing at myself as much as, uh, as I was trying to sort of make make fun of you. I was, I was, you know, the point was me saying that I was like an out of touch, out of touch Yadar type that has these perceptions of younger people, you know. But uh, that aside, like I say, the N17 podcast, give them a listen. They put one out regularly. Good panel lads, good chat. They did one directly after their West Ham game the other day, which they kept talking about, they were worried it was too negative. I didn't think it was, but maybe I was, you know, just aligned with them, nodding along negatively. I wasn't. I don't think it was negative. It's a really good listen. Try and, you know, look from, I think they're in all the all the usual podcast places. Um, so the handles, I'm pretty sure their handle is just at N17. Yep. At N seventeen pod, so have a listen, check them out. Um, Curly Kath, my good pal Curly Kath, uh, she's got some, she's got some good thoughts, some, some thoughts, some thoughts, some opinions, some takes. I was talking to her earlier about Lord of the Rings and uh, actually how I'm, uh, I'm not as excited about this Lord of the Rings prequel, and I, I was, I was kind of saying it. I love, you know. I love Lord of the Rings. Bit of a nerd for all that. Um, well, you know, <laughs> that almost falls into that territory, doesn't it? I'm such a nerd. I like one of the biggest franchises in the history of entertainment. But I always loved Lord of the Rings. The Hobbit. I read The Hobbit and The Fellowship of the Ring when I was like about 10, 11 years old. And so I was absolutely pumped when the films came out a few years later on. Um, and I loved them. I still watch them. They're sort of one of those films I watch at Christmas time and everything like that. But... I was saying to Kath that I feel that, you know, since since Game of Thrones has come along with all its adult content, there's just something a lot more, I don't know, feels a lot more relevant, feels a lot more captivating now. There's something that, that just gets me more excited about Game of Thrones. Um whereas with Lord of the Rings, it's a it's all a bit of like, you know, familiarity. It's like it's like a comfortable old pair of pants, isn't it? You know? You know what you're getting, but it's not. It's not very exciting, is it? It's not gonna. It's. <laughs> it's not. It's not a pair of pants you wear on a third date, if you know what I mean. Um, I don't know why I'm talking about Lord of the Rings or that, but yeah, Cat's Kat, point was basically like shut up and just enjoy it, uh, which is probably true. So maybe I'll shut up now and just let you enjoy her point of view on Tottenham's transfer spending and window and transfer deadline day. Take it away, Cat. Right, well, this won't be terribly analytical or tactics-rich. It'll be a bit vibey, I think, you young, as you young people say. Um, how I'm feeling about the season at the moment and the transfer window with Spurs. At the beginning of the season, I was pretty excited. I think, like most Spurs fans, um, always tempered with that slight terror of wondering how we'd fuck it up when it looked like we had a good thing going. Uh, and... <sighs> In honesty, I think the reason I'm not quite so excited, I don't know whether that's because of the transfer transfer window or just because the last couple of games have been very underwhelming. Um, but we're third, so it seems a bit daft to feel anything other than reasonably happy with where we are because we're third. But I feel like that's 
I don't I don't know enough. I, I don't I can't quite work out whether that's just luck, good management or whatever. Anyway, we'll see. In terms of the transfers, um, I think the reason there is a, a slight sense of disappointment is we didn't have our usual last minute Levy time um, shenanigans, which I think is a good thing. It's quite nice. I didn't even really notice that it was transfer deadline day yesterday, to be honest, um, because we did all our business fairly early, obviously. And I think having some of the players that we got in have clearly strengthened the squad. So I don't really understand why people would be disappointed with that, since that's what we've needed to do for years. Perisic is obviously class. Um, Richarlison, similarly, um, great fun, um, already a fan favourite. Um, and because Kane and Son aren't, particularly Son, aren't firing on all cylinders, it's nice to have him there as an option, whereas in previous years we would have had Lucas Moura and not much else. Um, bless Lucas. But uh, yeah, so perhaps because we're not quite... I, the other thing I get a little bit confused about is that people say, oh, we're not firing on all cylinders. Well, clearly, human son isn't, and Kane has been fairly quiet, although he has scored in nearly every game. So I don't know why I'm saying that, since obviously he's doing what he's supposed to do. Um, but yeah, I think, what what is it going to look like when we fire on all cylinders? I'm not sure. Maybe this is it. Maybe, you know, son needs to come into form and then we'll see how that works, whether Spence and Basuma get bedded in. That'll be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I just feel like it's a bit underwhelming the start of the season, but that's not, I don't know, but we're still third Champions League next week. Uh, I don't know, really. It just feels a bit churlish to be too disappointed when we've brought good players in. But equally, we aren't playing terribly well, but we're not losing. It's, it's a bit confusing, really, isn't it? Or it is for me. Um, but yeah, it's. I think we're still going to be all right. I definitely don't think we're going to win the league. I don't think we'll win anything, frankly. But then I often feel like that. I haven't felt like we're going to win anything since we lost 5-1 to Newcastle in the last game of the season. Um, I have not really believed we would since then. But hopefully that will prove to be wrong one day. Um, so, yeah, I think all in all, transfer window was, I'm not going to rate it because I think that's a bit pathetic, frankly, all this so-and-so out of 10, for God's sake. Um, it was good, better than it has been. Could we have done with a couple more? Yes, probably. Uh, we obviously missed Romero, so another centre, another defender would have been good. Something more creative in the midfield, obviously, would have been good, but I don't know. Um, we didn't get that, so we'll just have to work with what we've got. I'm sure Conte will manage. Um, and if he doesn't, he'll throw out, his, throw out his toys from the pram like the rest of us and we'll just carry on being Tottenham because that's what we do. Cheers, Kath. Thank you, Kath. Um, when I recorded, sort of, I think probably the first Roll the Roost did, probably in a few months, it was a bit of a break. It was really fucking busy time. I was getting married and all that sort of stuff and Champions League run, blah, blah, blah. But around the sort of the one of the first pods I did out of the out of the wilderness of so the ruler race pod was the Amsterdam was the looking back on Ajax and all that sort of stuff, getting everyone's stories and Kath's story was particularly brilliant because it included she actually had the sound recording that her son took at the time of her celebrating the 
celebrating the goal, Lucas Moura's goal. Um, emphatic is the is the term that one would one would use, but that is a timeless piece. Go back to go back to the to the to the rule the roost Amsterdam special. Um, it's great. I, I I like to revisit revisit it myself quite often. It's just yeah, a lot of people sharing all their different stories of all the different places in which they watched the Amsterdam semi-final, um, their thoughts, their feelings, all that kind of stuff. It's amazing. Really good. Um, really proud of that one. But thanks a lot, Kath, anyway. Um, let's cut over to, to one of our other, to one of our other uh, contributors. Do you like, do you like Tottenham? Do you like memories? Well, if you do, I'm sure you follow Hotspur Memories, run by my mate, Carl Wetton. I had him on the pod a few weeks ago. It is Hotspur Memories, isn't it? Sorry, let me just double check. Yeah, it is. Hotspur Memories. Um, he's always posting up all these kind of, well, basically goals from yesteryear, some absolute scorchers. I'll tell you what, the thing, that, the thing that bothers me about it is really is goals that I vividly remember. How, <laughs> how old the footage looks now. Um, fuck. Where did it go? Where's all the time go, right? I was fucking 15, 16 just a couple of years ago. Now I'm I'm not. I'm over the hill. If I was if I was a Premier League footballer, right? If I was in, I'd I'd, I'd be one of those footballers like you know, Ronaldo or Defoe, you know, where they just kept themselves in really really good nick. Otherwise, I'm playing Sunday League again now, aren't I? You know, just because I enjoy it and because I'm better than everyone else there. Oh well, I'm not. I've, I've never been any good at football anyway. I wasn't a professional footballer. Um, I'm just a 37 year old man. That's it. Shut up, Jack. Kyle, let's see what you got to say, fella. Um, hello, Kyle Wetton here. Hotspur memories, all that jazz, little plug. Um, the Spurs summer transfer window 2022. Um, a window that has pretty much split opinion in the fan base. One earlier this summer, which looked extremely positive amongst everyone in the club uh, as we've gone on and uh, got closer to the end of it uh, with a lack of signings coming in in August um, has kind of then grown this opinion that it's not been a great window at all um, and that we have uh, not really strengthened, um, especially the starting eleven. That seems to be the vibe that I'm getting from Spurs Twitter. Anyway, uh, six lots of six out of tens, which you know that's what you start on when you play Football Manager. So that would say average um, or five out of tens. Uh, I am kind of of the opinion that we've had a good window now um i'm i'm gonna go with a seven or an eight out of ten let's go 7.5 that sounds like a good good hit there set out seven or eight um and i kind of feel like we've had a good window because we are um we're addressing one of the problems we've addressed one of the problems that 
Conte repeatedly said throughout last season, or at least alluded to, that Tottenham Hotspur had a had a starting eleven and not not a squad. Um, we needed to build and we needed to get get competition for places, and I think we've kind of done that this window. Um, we're the fourth. So, and, and for people that are saying like, you know, spend some fucking money, never get your wallet out or anything like that, you know, and where's this 150 million cash injection? Um, we're the fourth highest spenders of the window. Um, we only behind, behind West Ham, uh, Man, I know that will raise a few eyebrows, West Ham, Man United, and obviously Chelsea have spent over a quarter of a billion pounds in the window um i don't think that is too bad um and i know one of those signings of like 45 a good chunk of that is probably is on christian romero but if if we didn't do that then that would have been silly right um yeah we 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 we've built we're starting to build a squad and if you take all of the other clubs out of context you know um take out the mob down the road, take out Chelsea, you know, take everybody out um, and just focus on Spurs, focus on Tottenham and what we've done. Um, we've, we're we building, we've, we've built, we've built a squad. I think we're starting to build a squad. And I know we've not the first five games of the season. We're, we're not seeing a lot of those new signings come in and start those games, but to, to throw everybody in immediately, that would be just madness because, you know, there's no continuity there. They've not played in the Conte system before. Uh, they need to learn the ways, train, you know. Signings under Pochettino never came straight in and we gave them as much time. And I think that's got to be the same case here. And even more so if they're going to learn the patterns and the way and, the, and, and, and get some of that fluidity back that we saw towards the end of last season. Um yeah, I, I, we, I, I'm, I, I think a seven and a half is fair. Um, you know, if we go through the signing, like if you go through the signings, Perisic has instantly, instantly upgraded the starting eleven. Um, Richarlison is a signing that finally, finally gives us the option to rotate players like Kane and Son, which we've never had, really. Um, we've got, you know, so they're two players that could, you could instantly look at and say, right, they could they could be starters, especially the way that, you know, Richarlison's cameos have been and how exciting Perisic looks. They're two massive players that we've signed there. And then we've got Basuma. Um, okay, he is... Look, we've all seen what he did at Brighton, and he was he was a fantastic player there. Um, it, may, it may not have had the chance yet, or and then Wednesday, and Wednesday may have looked a little bit nervy, but I am sure he will settle, he will grow, and you know he could easily come in again and and improve the starting eleven. Um, Spence, one for the future. Destiny, one for the future. Um, long lay time will tell. We don't know, but he's going to get game time. It's guaranteed. There's so many games. We've all seen the fixture list. Um, these players will come in, and I think, and I'm, I'm going to stick my neck out over time that I think we've, we've, we'll, we'll have had a good window. 
Yes, there have been two problem areas that have not been addressed. Glaring problem areas, areas really, like a, a ready-made right wing back to come in and do what Perisic has done uh, has not has not not happened. But that also give in uh, you know devil's advocate that also gives us time to and space and room for Jed Spence to learn and grow and hopefully come in and address that throughout the season. And the creative midfielder. Yeah, we, you know, I I I did want to see that. I'm not gonna lie. I wanted to see I wanted to see a I wanted to see a plan B uh, for when things possibly don't go according to plan. Or and just to ch- be able to change shape um and and break teams down or whatnot. Um and that hasn't happened. Now also like hey, I'm not I'm not I I, I would yeah, as I say I would have liked to have seen them come in, but what were the options? I mean, yes, Christian Eriksen probably was one option. Uh for one reason or another, we didn't bite and we didn't go for that. But other than him, who was out there that we think we could have got and we would have spent the money on um to to fill that void. Um, it's no worth, we've seen in the past when we've tried to throw money at replacing these players, um, we've got it wrong. Lo Celso and Dombele. Um, I would rather us wait, not try and address everything in a rush in one window and wait and get the right player in that's going to, that's going to push us on to the next level. This, the hot, the, the glaring how just how bare we were with a starting eleven only with only a starting eleven as like we've been told, and we can see within our eyes like you know every time in those rubbish European competitions like the conference and the Europa League, um, we we put the second eleven out and they'd struggle they'd struggle against Mura or someone like someone really bad, and you know. I don't feel like we have that anymore. I feel like we've built, we've now built a squad and that has been the major positive out of this, that I feel like we do have players that can come in. Um, whereas, yeah, before your Ndombele's, your Lo Celso's just went up to it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go stay, stay positive and, and who knows, time will tell, time will tell. Um, I'd say Chelsea have spent spent over a quarter of a billion, and who knows if their signings will work out? That might be a, might be a huge waste of money. Aubameyang might only do his usual start well for six months and then tail off when he doesn't want to turn up for training. Um, Koulibaly has got old legs. Who knows? Like time will tell. Let's see how the season goes. Stay calm. We're third in the league. And we're not playing well, so it. I, this isn't. This isn't. This isn't Nuno. This isn't Jose. Sooner we went through spells like this last season. Sooner or later, we're going to start clicking. Sonny's going to start scoring goals, and we're already in a good, have a good foundation to then build. Um, I'm excited. I'm still excited. Up the Spurs. 
And so the summer 22 window has slammed shut and it looks like we've got everything uh, that we'd hoped and dreamed for at the beginning of the window, but it is a bit front loaded. Um, that's probably led to a little bit of unrest with the fans. We would have liked to have seen a, a James Madison or uh, perhaps a, uh, dare I say, a Paqueta-like figure come in and provide some creativity uh, for the guys up front. But yeah, uh, it's what it is. Um, I think the front-loaded lo nature of the windows probably warped uh, the, the uh, perception of, uh, of what a good window is. Uh, I think it was a solid one. Probably, uh, if I was to give it a number, it'd be a 7 out of 10 because... Uh, we didn't quite get the world-class right back that we uh, we probably did need. Um, hopefully Jed can um, Jed Spence can um, develop into that under uh, the tutelage of Conte. Um, yeah, and uh, I think but I think we got some fantastic uh, additions in the the guys of um, uh, Perisic and uh, Basuma and uh, of course. Uh, <laughs> Richie, <laughs> and yeah, so I, I think we'll be doing very well in um, in the future. I think it's going to take a little bit of time to gel first, though. And uh, obviously, looking across the road at Arsenal, it's um, a little bit uh, annoying watching them win all of those games. But I, I think uh, if uh, Conte gets his way, we'll we'll start to gel um, sooner, hopefully, rather than later, and uh, all of the pieces will start to fit together a bit better. Good to see Skippy coming back as well. Seen him running about on the grass again. Looks great. Um, yeah, and uh, we've got Benton cause uh, sh uh, shaking off his uh, concussion uh, from the other day. Uh, controversial one. But um, yeah, it's been a decent window for me. Over to you. And so we have it. That's uh, the end of the Rule the Roost transfer deadline day special. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, sort of mix it up a bit, you know. You've heard enough of my voice for the past couple of weeks. I haven't given you my take on the transfer window, so maybe maybe you can have a bit of my voice now. There you go. I'll give you some now. Um, I was, do you know what? I, I was starting to lose my ass. Not lose my ass. I I could just feel myself getting a bit, a bit peeved yesterday. Um, seeing Arsenal kind of jump into action and maybe get Douglas Louise across the line. They'd seen there was sort of, you know, El Nenny's out, parties, whatever, are wrong and he's injured all the time. So he's, uh, he's there's going to be every potential they're going to have that sort of glaring hole in the centre of the park there. And they went out and tried to get Douglas Reese. Didn't happen in the end, so it doesn't really fucking matter. But it just seemed annoying to me that we've kind of gone all summer without getting that right wing back. Even though we got Spence now, hopefully that means we're going to see more of Spence because... Emerson ain't it, you know, just isn't, it's not it for me. Um, and just more centre-backs, but maybe we're going to see more of Longley. Conte's been talking about Longley again. I do think, you know, it's, it's easy. The thing is, it is easy with this type of stuff, and I'm going to let myself off the hook. You know, it's a it's a frantic and sort of busy world, right? The new cycle does things to us, right? It fucks up our brains. We have, you know, I I, I heard something the other day. I read something, I didn't read it just the other day, either. I read it years ago, um, that our brains have changed very little from when we sort of first evolved into humans. We're essentially running new updates constantly on prehistoric machines. And I think, I do think, I'd, you know, I do think our kind of, our minds are all over the place at the moment, right? We're pushing pillar to post between cost of living crises between 
wars, between all these sort of various different things that are happening to us, these messages that are constantly pushed at us and thrown at us, it can fuck us up a bit. I do think it can. And in a smaller, smaller scale, um, in a maybe more, maybe a less important in some ways way, we experience this with transfer deadlines, the, f- the frenzy and everything that it creates. Um, I think there's sort of there's, there's very interesting schools of thought either way as to whether or not we should have windows. I mean, ultimately, the point is that a team like Manchester City, if they get a bad injury and there's no transfer window, will just be able to continue to buy and to buy and to buy and to potentially unsettle other teams' top players throughout the course of a season. You know, if... if Whoever, Gabriel Jesus manages to continue scoring or something. What's to say Chelsea or Man City aren't just going to be like, well, you know, actually, let's unsettle him. Let's try and buy him halfway through the season, deprive Arsenal of him. That'd be quite funny, really, wouldn't it? Um, But in terms of the transfer window, yeah, I was, yesterday I was starting to, I just felt it, you know, I felt it in the pit of my stomach. I was like, it's just a bit annoying. It's a bit annoying that this Carrasco thing's not happened, that we're not getting something else across the line. One more thing, you know, Zeus on Twitter, he, he put something out about like, you know, it'd be lovely to have one more Van der Vaart type thing here. And I was just thinking, oh, Eden Hazard. Imagine that. Imagine if we just got Eden Hazard. Like, at least we know he'll never fucking score against us again. Um, but that type of transfer, I was thinking like, oh, that'd just be a nice lift, wouldn't it? Getting someone random like that in from the left field, but also something that just makes sense. Oh, yeah. You know, he's not played at Real Madrid or whatever his big club is now. Not Eden Hazard, I'd miss, miss whatever player, this player X. Let's call them player X. They haven't been getting much game time and then Spurs have just come in last minute like fucking Leicester getting Marcelo. Did they get him in the end? Let's have a look. I can't, I can't, I'm not even sure if they got him. Did Leicester get Marcelo? Leicester City Marcelo. Mm, doesn't seem to be just seem to be it was linked with a shot move but you know that type of thing we could get someone like that across the line but it didn't happen and you know what now the reason why I sort of went on that little kind of uh, that little ramble about brains and about messages firing at us and us kind of getting pulled all over the place and our emotional states being kind of whipped up and everything is that today I feel completely fine I'm happy with the business we've done it's not perfect like, yeah, I do still think there's things missing from the squad, missing from the team, but we have added, we have made quality additions. We've got some quality players there already. There's plenty to be hopeful about, plenty to be optimistic about. Um, we definitely, I think whether it's conscious or subconscious, I think a lot of us are losing their asses because Arsenal are doing really well. But we've, in our opening five fixes, we've gone to Stamford Bridge and we've gone to whatever it is, not the bowling anymore, is it the City of London Stadium or whatever, West Ham away. Two fucking horrible fixtures. And they're out of the way now and we didn't lose either of them. They haven't derailed any momentum like they usually do. They haven't cropped up at a time when we're really kind of, if we can win this one, we can stay ahead of Arsenal and there's only three, four games left to go. We've, we've done that dance with West Ham. We've done that dance with Chelsea before. Both times. Leicester season... And well, yeah, both both of those, both of them in the Leicester season, um, played their absolute fucking hearts out to stop us winning the Premier League. Um, 
We haven't got that problem at the moment. We don't have it. So, fuck knows. I'm not saying we're going to win the Premier League as a result of this, but those horrible, horrible games are out of the way now. Um, and we've got a good squad. We've got a good team. We've got a great manager. Although, you know, he's, he does need to maybe mix it up a bit at the moment. You know, it just seems to be that we completely bypass midfield, doesn't it? But whatever. At the moment, let's stick on the let's stick on the positive trend. We've got Fulham coming up this weekend. I'm oddly oddly nervous about it. It's it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting affair. I think they look really good. Mitrovic looks really good. Let's hope we can. Let's hope this can be one of those fixtures where we can sort of turn a bit of a corner. We win this. Arsenal loser. Manchester United suddenly things look very different again but it's not all just about us is it Erling Haaland is an absolute fucking monster stop scoring goals big fucking bastard imagine that imagine living in a fucking fishing village in East Anglia or York or somewhere like that thousand years or so ago living up there in a fucking boatload of fucking great big bastards like him rocked up no wonder we didn't stand a fucking chance. I wonder if for some fucking idiot then, one of my forefathers sat there. Why? Those Vikings come over here. Nah, they won't really hack it over here. They'll be, you know, they'll do all right. They'll do all right. They're all right pillaging kind of their own neighbours and stuff. But they come over here, come over the water. Nah, not enough for us. And then that's it. York, Jorvik. You know what that is? It's a fucking Viking word, that is. Anyway, plenty to be hopeful about. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Come on, you Spurs! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.